From Real FM, this is Download, recorded Thursday, September 20th, 2018. This is episode 72, Just Stop Talking. Welcome to Download, a weekly look at the most interesting stories in the world of technology and other stuff you care about. I am Jason Snell, your host, and I'm joined this week by two wonderful guests, lead editor at 9to5Mac. They've been breaking a lot of news lately. It's Zach Hall. Hello. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you here. You guys have been killing it. So many, so many uh, d- sort of uh, things found on Apple servers or inside Apple uh, beta software releases. It's great stuff. It's a great time of the year. Yeah, it, it is. This is the uh, apologies to everybody who listens to this podcast uh, because it's not always about Apple. Because uh, this time of year, there's a lot of Apple stuff. It's just going to happen. Um, also here, co-host of automators right here on relay fm it's rosemary orchard hello hello it's good to have you here too thank you very much for having me two first time guests uh we're gonna take it easy on them probably right steven yeah you know it's uh we're gonna take it easy but there are there is going to be some physical challenges oh. as we go on so uh, interesting. i hope you're prepared all right everybody get warmed up okay um and we will get down to it the most interesting stories of the week like we say uh picked by me and steven and it is apple software week ios 12 watch os 5 tvos lots of other stuff the home pod update uh, all sorts of stuff shipping this week from apple saving the mac for next week um developers large and small are adopting siri shortcuts they're giving uh, apple's voice assistant control of way more stuff a wider range of apps and functions than ever before there's the new screen time feature so users are starting to get reports on just how many times they pick up their iphone how much time they're spending in apps every day that's going to be painful uh, watch os 5 has improvements to workout detection it ships with a walkie-talkie mode, uh, which is a really, uh, it's like that old push-to-talk stuff. I always found that incredibly annoying. But hey, you can do it, uh, and you can be like Dick Tracy if anybody remembers who Dick Tracy is. That's the sad thing about a Dick Tracy watch now is that nobody remembers Dick Tracy, but we have his watch. Uh, it's uh, Oh, the irony. And uh, the Apple TV. So Dolby <laughs> Atmos, uh, I'm just going to keep going with the list. Zero sign-on support for cable apps, a whole bunch of new aerial screensavers, including several from NASA. Space! Uh, and, and the most important feature feature labels so you don't if you don't want to play the where the heck is this game while watching an aerial screensaver you don't have to it was like oh that's los angeles airport now i know and um not to be outdone apple has already started shipping the betas of ios 12.1 which includes as detailed in among other places nine to five mac uh, signs of updated ipads coming this fall with landscape support for face id and the ability to sync memoji across devices because if you've got more than one device that can do face id and memoji and animoji then you would need to be able to sync your memoji across so you're the same person virtual person everywhere so apple software so much to talk about here uh let's start with ios 12 um i assume everybody here has been running ios 12 maybe for a while um mm-hmm. what are the what are the um what are the biggest things about this if, if somebody's out there sing, thinking i don't know if i want to update my uh my ipad or my iphone um what are the biggest things that you think we're going to get out of it zach what do you think i think the biggest thing that people will notice immediately are how notifications are handled, just present, like how they're presented. Um, they're not grouped, which used to be an option, sort of, but it wasn't this nice. Um, now they're stacked if they're from the same app, um, and you can tap in and then see like 
200 notifications from one app in one tile. You know, it's, so it's, it's nice if you get a lot of uh, alerts from one app that's really noisy. Um, also, the ability to have alerts delivered silently, which you could hack together before by having like a certain arrangement, but now it's like an official option. Um, and that means that you see the alert in notification center but you don't get a badge and you don't get a push notification for it or a sound. And it's just like, if you check in passively, um, then you can see that alert, which is really nice if you're used to checking notification center anyway. Um, then you just see all the things that you've kind of missed without having to be bothered all the time. Um, and then in that same area is do not disturb being way better. Now, if you tap do not disturb or 3D touch it or whatever, then you get some new options like, um, I think one hour or if you have a calendar event when you, when this event is over. Um, so I think those things people will really appreciate. Um, and then for the CarPlay users, we're starting to see third party navigation apps. Google Maps is first. Um, so if you have Google Maps installed on your iPhone and you use CarPlay, it will automatically show up on your, your screen in your car if you have CarPlay. And that means that for the first time you have another option besides Apple maps and it's pretty good ways is on the way they've got a beta going on um but but those are the things that i think stick out to me the most nice rose what about you what jumps out at you from ios 12 speed like mm. a, a lot of my family members mm. are you know like my grandmother has an iphone i think i want to say 6s plus so maybe we gave her the 6 plus because we were unsure if 3d touch with confuser or force touch or whatever it's called nowadays um but you know she's gonna get a nice speed update out of that and you know she doesn't use her iphone much she's not there surfing twitter all day but you know when she uses her phone and picks it up it's it's nice if it's gonna be responsive and there's a lot of people out there running older devices um uh one of my bosses at work was saying to me the other day, the old iPhone 5S that she has is getting pretty slow. Um, and she, it's her work phone. So she's looking at upgrading it. And, uh, I said, well, try installing iOS 12. And she did. And it is faster and it's much better with the battery life as well, which is pretty nice considering all the indexing and stuff that goes on in the first week. It's a pleasant surprise to see that. The story that I've heard now, um, which Federico Vitici mentioned in his massive classic, you know, iOS 12 review, the, the iOS review he always does, is that and I've heard it a few other places, too. But this was the most specific version of it, that Apple executives high up in the chain of iOS development spent the summer with uh, iPhone 6S or iPhone 6S Plus in their pocket, like old phone running iOS 12. <laughs> and the point there is it should be usable, right? The, the, there was a whole Lisa Jackson was on, out on stage at their event last week saying, oh, you know, life of these devices all the way back to the 5S uh, should be extended and software should make that possible. So this is, a, you know, it's a very different approach, which is why I think we would probably all say if you've got an old device and you're afraid that updating it is just going to make it unusable, um, Apple seems to have turned the corner there. And the, the, the like number one feature of iOS 12 is that it should work better than the last version and the previous version to that probably on old devices so people should check that out now um rose you do uh the automators podcast so uh, mm -hmm. series shortcuts is a huge thing um are, are, definitely 
our regular so if somebody out there is sort of like never really thought about automation or anything like that what are the first things that you think that they should maybe explore with series shortcuts how are they going to you know start using this stuff uh, if they're not going to be building big long chains of workflows and things like that i would honestly just recommend start looking at what pops up on your lock screen if you pull down for spotlight what shows up there and then dive into settings into the siri and search option and see what ios is recommending to you because this is one step actions it's very clear exactly what's going to happen you don't need to think about variables or dictionaries or anything like that it's just a case of dictate a new draft for example or start this timer in toggle because toggle updated today and oh my gosh yes siri timers in toggle um so uh yeah that's that is really the best place to get started because it's very, very clear what's happening. And then once you think, okay, actually, you know what, when I start this timer, I also want to do Do Not Disturb. That's when you can start getting into the actual shortcuts app, which is, of course, free to download in the App Store. Um, but, you know, that's that's really, you know, the easiest place to get started is most definitely see what gets suggested to you. Um, and you you can dive into the, the settings area and see what extra stuff comes up, you know, especially for things like Overcast and OmniFocus and things. There's a bunch of stuff in there and you can go really, really deep with it. Or you can just keep quite a top level, just adding new things and just resuming playback and so on. So right, because is, every, uh, every app that builds in Siri shortcut support, you can actually just say... Um, you know, a function of it, like I, I got the Overcast update this week, and one of the features is I can just record myself saying uh, this function, which is resume playback. I want it to be like start playing Overcast or or whatever, and then at that point, that if I ask Siri that phrase, the app does that thing. So it doesn't. It's not even you know scripting or programming or automating in a great sense it's essentially like a shortcut good name to a feature that i can trigger with my voice that i didn't used to be able to do which is it's just uh that that alone i think is enough reason to get ios 12 yeah and also then you know like if you prefer carrot for your weather because i mean personally i like a daily dose of insults uh i know some people don't you can turn off the snark um it's it's nice to get that really it's a very pretty uh little pop-up come up in siri instead of whatever the standard i think it's from the weather channel in most places uh weather interface from ios so you can have have that instead too and you know home kid scenes you could do anyway but if you wanted to give them a different name to what they're called maybe because it's a shared uh home kit for your family so somebody you know most people call it the early morning one or something but you want it to be like i don't know bright and shiny uh you can call it whatever you like which makes it very very user-friendly so zach what do you think about uh anything jump out about watch os 5 improvements yeah i love the the apple watch it's it's i, I buy every new watch because i want to get as much out of it as possible <laughs> and with watch os 5 even if you don't have the newer watch, you get some pretty cool new stuff like the podcast app um, built in. Apple's podcast app yeah. supports syncing your your podcast library from your iPhone, um, and you can even like play an episode with Siri on the fly uh, over Wi-Fi if you don't have LTE or over LTE even if you don't have your iPhone. Um, and I love that because I'll go for a run with music, but if I go for a walk, I kind of like to listen to like slower pace podcast, and I've been using the heck out of that. The new walkie-talkie app is pretty cool. We saw that like teased at the original Apple Watch event or on the website, and it's finally come to fruition. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of neat how it's implemented. Like it's really like it gives the other person a way to make your watch go off. Um, so I, I think people will be limited in who they connect with, but 
with who they do connect with, it's, it's a neat new way to communicate watch to watch. Um, and then the ability to rearrange control center. So when you swipe up on the bottom from the screen from the watch face, you can now rearrange those tiles. So the alert your phone button isn't next to the mute button. You can put it far away. And also you can reach that within apps now, which is a, a new thing for the first time, which makes using apps on the watch, if you happen to do that, a lot better. Yeah, it's um, the apps will all be better. That's the thing. Again, I mentioned Overcast. Like, not only is there that podcast app up, update, which is great, but like all of these other uh, apps are being given access to things in the system that they that they didn't have before. So all the watch apps are going to get better. They're going to be able to be run more independently, you know, even more than last year away from the iPhone because that's a key thing. If I've got the cellular watch, especially like I want to be able to do stuff on it when I'm not at my iPhone and it's really unlocking all of that too. It's uh it's pretty great. Uh, Stephen Hackett set a chicken timer for 10 minutes. <laughs> timer support on the HomePod. Yeah, right? it's how like about multiple that? timers. What what an idea. Um so yeah, I played with that and then a blog post that'll be in the show notes. The thing that kills me about this and thing that's really frustrating to me about Siri is that it's not the same everywhere. Yeah. So like the HomePod has multiple timers, but other things don't. You mentioned this on Connected this week, and I was thinking mm-hmm. about, like, it's Siri fragmentation, right? Which is, uh, you guys didn't mention, by the way, the obvious reason why you can do this on the HomePod and nowhere else, which is all the HomePod reviews came out and said, why can't it do multiple timers? And somebody yeah. said, stick that feature in there. And they hurried and they stuck it in there and they didn't stick it anywhere else because they were just trying mm-hmm. to get it on the HomePod. But that speaks to the larger issue, right? Which is, you can't, from device to device, you can't tell siri the same stuff because it has different capabilities yeah it's 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 so weird you know you look at the amazon voice assistant (laughs) trying very hard not to say that name yes and it you know if you have uh an echo spot an echo with a screen on it or echo without a screen on it yes like there are some differences there but the video one can do all the stuff the audio one can the video stuff is just on top of it right It's, it's bonus stuff but then you look at Siri and like multiple timers is supported on the HomePod, but not on the iPhone and not on the watch. And the iPhone and watch act differently from each other when you try to do it. It's like it, it, there needs to be consistency here. Siri still feels like it's it's just a different service depending on what piece of aluminum and glass you're talking into. And it should be a service that is, at least for this basic stuff, the same everywhere because it, it's frustrating. It makes it feel like Siri's broken in ways that are really fundamental. And it just, it really continues to baffle me that they haven't worked this out. Yeah, it's quite confusing in some ways as well, because timers and alarms get donated to shortcuts. So that means that, for example, if you have a 6am alarm, then that can appear. But setting an arbitrary alarm is not something you can do in the shortcuts application. But that's something you can do verbally via Siri and shortcuts is part of (laughs) Siri now. So it's like, what am I? What's even happening here? Like there needs to be some consistency here. And it would be really nice if they just please make the timers and as much as possible the same everywhere. Um, you know, just like I understand like adding limitations to the HomePod so that you can turn off personal data if you want to, you know, that that's fine. But in general, please, please just, yeah, we, we want all of this stuff everywhere. Yeah. The multiple name timers feature is such a 1.0 because like with, with alarms, you can set those in the home app on the iPhone to go through your HomePod, but timers don't reflect back on the iPhone at all. Um, and with the Echo products, the timer shows up in the Amazon Assistant name app. Um, yeah. So you can see like your whole history of timers. Um, one thing Echo doesn't do 
is if you have multiple echoes, you can't tell another one to control a timer somewhere else. And so in my house, we have a lot of echoes just so we have like whole home voice control. And sometimes the further echo will pick up the timer and you've got to kind of find which one is going off to, to make it stop. Oh boy. HomePod hasn't fixed that either. Like it's still only on that one HomePod and not on all of them. Um, but it feels like in the future they could put that, you know, you run it through the, through the iPhone, even though it goes off on the HomePod and, and maybe connect it better. You got to think that the ultimate goal of this is to get this stuff everywhere, but they're, they're definitely not there yet. And, um, something Rose mentioned that I want to, I want to just throw back again. That's a pro tip. If you're trying to use the shortcuts app and you're frustrated that you can't uh, automate an action you took, uh, what I found is a lot of times the trick is you have to go to the app and do the action. Mm-hmm. At which point yeah. now it's in the settings and also will be picked up in shortcuts as a thing you just did recently. Um, so even if it's not explicitly like in the list of here are things you can do in this app, if you do, if you try it, you do it. And alarms is a great example. You can't, there's no like picking which alarm you want to turn off. But if you turn off an alarm and then you go to shortcuts and you add a new item, one of the things in your history is going to be a recent action where you turn that alarm off and you can add it to your shortcut then. It's a hack. It should be better than that. But it is a nice way where you can, you know, just basically do it and then pick it up um, if yeah. you if you were frustrated by that. Yeah. And I just want to add a note there. If anybody is looking, I found this with day one. Day one has added a bunch of Siri actions. They are not available outside of the day one app to set up. Do not ask me why or how they have done that, but I was looking for them because I wanted to use them as part of a shortcut. Mm. Guess what? You can't do that. So if something like that happens and you really can't find it, like contact the the app support team and see what they say, because some developers seem to have taken a deliberate decision or maybe an accidental decision. Right. It very much depends on them uh, to ha- not include it in shortcuts, which is a shame. Um, though thankfully, day one has a workaround uh, because they were already built in. Nice. All right. Well, we have more uh, and we we do have a little more Apple stuff to talk about. We've also got we're going to talk about billionaires. We're going to talk to see what Jeff Bezos is doing. We're going to see what Elon Musk is doing. Oh, Elon Musk is doing things. So there's a lot more to talk about. I want to take our first break and tell you about one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you in part by Simple Contacts. You know, it's great when an app takes something tiresome and makes it easy. And Simple Contacts is the easy way to renew your contact lens prescription. You can reorder your existing prescription from anywhere in just minutes. You complete an online self-guided vision test. It takes less than five minutes from wherever you are. Right now, you can do it. You don't have to go to a doctor's office. You don't have to sit in a waiting room. I've done this. Very clever. There's a whole eye test that you go through. There's a little video video person <laughs> who appears and tells you to step back and then has you read from an eye chart and you say the letters on the eye chart out loud and it it does uh, speech to text to determine that you've said the right letters. It's super clever. And the whole point there is to make sure that you can still see with your current prescription. This is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. The goal here is not to give you a new prescription for your vision. The idea is you've already got a prescription. You've already had some contact lenses. You want more of the same and you don't want to have to go into a doctor and make an appointment and pay for it. You can order it right from within the Simple Contacts website or app. They've got all the lens brands you love. They have options for astigmatism, multifocal lenses, colored lenses, and a whole lot more. You can get exactly what you need right from the palm of your hand. And the vision test is $20 instead of the cost of an 
appointment, especially without insurance, that would be a whole lot more than that. So you can save money and time. Uh, now, uh, as a listener to this show, you can also save $20 off your first order of contacts by going to simplecontacts.com slash download 20. That's the amount of money you'll save. Or enter download 20 at checkout. That's simplecontacts.com slash download 20 or use the code download 20 for $20 off your first order. Thank you to Simple Contacts for their support of download and all of Relay FM. All right, let's move on to the reviews of these new Apple hardware products that came out. It's software week, but it's also embargoed review drop week. Yay, everybody loves the dropping of embargoes and the publishing of reviews. Um, the iPhone and the Apple Watch got their uh, reviews. Let's start with the iPhone. It's a little bit of a mixed bag, I thought, in the terms of the reviews. They're generally positive, but kind of not super enthusiastic that the phones are good. They offer improvements over last year's iPhone 10, but there seems to be, you know, not as much of an explosively enthusiastic response from most of these grizzled uh, tech reviewers. The iPhone XS camera, though, appears to be a major improvement, although reviewers who have experience with the other side of the fence have um, often pointed out that the Google Pixel 2 arguably, or perhaps even clearly, still has the best camera. And of course, next month, there will be a Google Pixel 3. So I wanted to ask all of you, first off, are you getting a new iPhone? And uh, what do you think about uh, how the reviews landed this year? Uh, in terms of like you know g- generally what the what the vibe is about this phone going into its uh, on sale date on Friday, Rose, what do you think? Uh, I think honestly, a lot of the reporters seem to have the same view I have in that my iPhone 10 is a great iPhone. It is, and the 10s is an iteration on that. The 10s Max, if you really want that big screen, which is basically like a mini iPad Mini, extra mini, nano mini, <laughs> whatever, um, you know, then that you know that's that's great, but it. You know, these people got review phones last year in all probability, even if they didn't, they've probably been using an iPhone 10 for a year. And for those of us who do have, you know, the current shiny that as of tomorrow will be the old shiny, um, you know, it's, it's maybe not so much of an improvement. And that's not a bad thing, because for the people who didn't upgrade last year, you know, this year is better than last year, obviously, uh, especially the camera. And for some people, you know, this is their camera. And so they're upgrading because that that's going to get them the quality photos, you know, that are going to be looking back at in 20 years. And they don't want to regret that. And that makes absolutely perfect sense. But for a lot of us, I think we got the 10. I know I went for the 256 gigabyte one. So I've got plenty of storage space and I'm very happy with my device. So uh, I'm, I'm gathering that quite a few people feel the same way, mm-hmm. which is a nice thing to hear, actually, that people are happy with their device and don't feel forced to upgrade. Yeah, this was this was the first year that I I didn't immediately know I was going to buy the new iPhone, um, and I've had each iPhone since the four, and I've upgraded to every every model, even the S years. Um, but it wasn't clear to me like what the I have to have feature would be. Um, the the gold finish is obvious, and the, and the larger <laughs> size on the Max is obvious. But if you just want to go from ten to ten S, it's a little bit trickier, um, at least from the the keynote. And the website, but some of the reviews sold the camera, I think, better than Apple did. Yeah. Um, especially John Gruber's review. I mean, it, it went into details that Apple kind of hadn't disclosed before. Why, why didn't they say that the sensor was 32% larger? Like, that's a big feature. <laughs> and they're like, man, we're yeah. not going to talk about that. Yeah. And, and, and they showed off the smart HDR feature, but um, I saw Matthew Panzerino at a tech card and say on Twitter that it actually works in panorama mode. Yeah. Right. Um, which is awesome because if you take a pano, it might be outside where the sun's like part of it. And 
the the way that lighting is 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 way different from start to finish and so panos can get kind of washed out where the sun is right. so if it's using hdr now that's awesome and that whole video capture trick where it changes the um the frame rate to improve video like lighting in the middle of a video that that's something i'd love to have heard from the keynote um but i didn't end up ordering um because i'm on one of the annual upgrade plans from AT&T and i i couldn't find a benefit of not upgrading if, unless I was going to switch carriers in a year. Um, so then I pulled the trigger and ordered a Max. And uh, I've got the K so far, and it's really big. Um, <laughs> but I, but I'm, I'm not super really good at the, Yeah, I'm not super good at the 10 one-handed anyway. So I've kind of given up on, on one-handing an iPhone anymore. So it, even bigger won't matter to me. And, and I'm looking forward to having a really big camera viewfinder again and photos being large again. So looking forward to it. Steven, you have a Max case, too? I do. I didn't order a phone, just the case. Just the no, case. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the phone's great. on its way. I was in the Plus Club, and so I'm looking forward to going back to that, but this screen is way bigger than the old Plus because it doesn't have the chin and forehead. So I'm a little nervous about the size, but uh, I'm excited. You know, the reviews, this idea of like people don't upgrade year over year, I think that's mostly true. The people on this show listening to the show are not those people. So like, yeah, that's true. I understand the take of like, well, the 10 and the 10 S there's not much separating them. But the way I think about that is like, it feels like the 10 was like three or four iPhones worth of new stuff crammed into one device, right? They were like anything we can remotely do. We want to do in one big push. And that didn't leave a lot of obvious stuff on the table for this year. And so I think if you're, on an older phone, the 10s is great. If you're on a 10, I don't think you got to upgrade unless, like you said, you really want one of these these camera features. So it's going to be interesting to see how the sales pan out on this, especially with the 10R being a month later. Like it feels like we only know part of the story of how this phone is going to be received so far. Yeah, the, the uh, I agree. The, the smart HDR is the thing at the keynote that I was like, hmm, okay, I kind of want that. That is the thing that is <laughs> right. the, that is going to be my motivator here. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting a review unit, so I'm going to you know try it out and all of that. But realistically, will I buy a 10s? Probably not. I because I, I bought the 10 last year and. That for me, it's like, you know, I think that'll do me for another year. That was such a such an advance over the previous models. But so many people not again, not necessarily listeners to this podcast. So many people do. Although I hear from people who are like, I still am using a six. Like, okay, right? Like a lot of people really try to get the max life out of their phone or they hand it down, right? Like my 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 son sadly is fourth in order in our family. So he still has an iPhone 5, which is good news for him. He can't upgrade it anymore. So he's going to get a new phone or a, well, he's not going to get a new phone. He's going to get a hand-me-down that's newer and can run iOS 12 this year. Um, so the, that's a phone that's been in service a long time is my point. And so these phones do stay in service and and not everybody gets a new phone every year. And the 10s is a great upgrade if you're coming from a 6s, 7. But, um, you know, from a 10, unless you want the max version, like, you know, it's better, but that's okay. That's okay. That's what Apple does as they iterate. Um, we should talk about the Apple Watch too. So the reviews are way more positive. It definitely seems the vibe from the moment that the keynote was over is that people are like, yeah, iPhone's great and all, but that Apple Watch is really interesting or or that that new screen is really cool. They're the usual caveats in the reviews this week that not everyone needs a space age supercomputer watch on their wrist, which is fair enough. But within the genre of space age supercomputer, 
computer watch. Apple seems to have been uh, widely recognized by the reviewers as being far and away the leader here. So I got to I got to take the temperature of the room again. Are you getting a Series Four? And what do you think about sort of uh, what you gleaned from the reviews, Zach? Let's start with you. Uh, Apple Watch Series Four, forty-five millimeter gold stainless steel the milanese loops coming a a week after launch i think everyone's in that boat that ordered um and 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 i've also ordered the um the black sport band with the black pen so it won't be silver and kind of clash um that i think i'll use most of the time um but that's coming a week later so i've also ordered uh, just a a 40 a 44 millimeter silver aluminum to pick up on day one to review um but I, I'm really excited. I mean, the, the watch looks different than year, this year, not just the screen, but also the finish if you get gold, um, the home button changes, the side button being flushed now, the whole back of it looks different, the speaker design, the microphone. So I'm excited about that. Um, and, and the reviews, I mean, I just love looking at the pictures of the hands-on, and I can't wait to get my own. The thing I found really interesting was iJustine's unboxing video showed that the the packaging is changed it changes every year but the packaging has changed this year in a way that it's it's the band boxed on its own and then the watch box on its own for the first time the band isn't already attached and then there's like paper around it that you unfold like a chinese takeout box mm-hmm. um and and it's the it's the design like the Apple design book had a, a paper wrapper on that too, and on the inside of that were product prints. Um, and it makes me wonder like are they are they going are they moving toward build to order watches where you can pick mm. your band and your watch separately? Um, less likely, maybe you could order the watch on its own and save fifty bucks, but I, I don't envision that as much as I, I could see build to order online, so you don't keep getting the same white band every year if you get the same silver model, for example. Well, I'm getting another white sport band this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah no actually uh, i've always sold the original band that came with the watch with the watch i say that i've only sold one apple watch before i will be selling another one as of tomorrow or putting it on sale because my my series four uh aluminium spade uh silver is arriving tomorrow 40 millimeters because anything bigger would literally make my wrist look like a stick i think unfortunately but uh, it really does look like it's a good one and i think this is the one where a lot of people you know i've we've also done this thing in my family with the hand-me-down apple watch just like you jason have done the hand-me-down iphones my grandmother has a series one apple watch i have full confidence in my family she'll be getting a series four for christmas because that fall detection mm-hmm. that that that's something we need for her she has already fallen once she uh shattered her hip just spontaneously shattered apparently it happens in older people i did not know that i am now terrified of that um but you know it would have been great if she'd had apple watch um with her and it would have noticed that she fell and actually just called the ambulance for her um so yeah i think that is definitely going to be the big thing for people and i think that's going to get a lot of people you know if maybe they they've got older family members who already have iphones because of the hand-me-down process maybe handing it up to an older generation some people that never had an apple watch before are definitely going to be much more interested now uh, that's very clear to me yeah one thing i learned from the reviews is that the fall detection is turned off by default if you're under 65 and you need to go and turn it on and it tells you that it's because younger people are more likely to be doing um i guess high high activity that can be um you know trick the watch into thinking it may be a fall when it's not but hmm. if you're 65 or older based on your your health app data then it turns it on by default so that's something interesting to look out for yeah that really is interesting actually i didn't i hadn't heard that before thank you zach and somebody was saying how they they 
jumped on a bunch of pillows and they couldn't get it to trigger, which I thought was pretty funny. That like, yeah, maybe you maybe that's good, right? Like right, it, it's right. hard to hard to do this accidentally. You have to you have to do it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this too. Um, that screen, I, I'm one of those people who's very excited to have lots of complications on a watch face because I was always frustrated by the lack of information that I could pack on the screen. I know other people want those. There are also pretty things with fire and stuff that you don't have any information on the screen. That's good too. So I'm excited about just the more space. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I think no one seems to be saying Apple is behind on this, right? Like Apple is the Apple watch is, is very clearly not only in terms of sales, but in terms of sort of like consensus, uh, they're, they're way out in front in the smartwatch world. Yeah. Did, did you all see today that the, the fire and the water faces are actually fire and water like yeah. filmed and they had physical like cutouts for the, the, the ticks of the, of the hours that the water flowed through. That's really neat. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, the Apple's marketing has has definitely taken it up a notch where they're doing things like these behind the scenes. It's not just magic. It's like look how awesome we are in making these things, which I think is smart. I think that's a good uh, a good move. Um Steven, I got to check in with you. Uh Apple Watch feelings? Uh, I'm excited. I have not ordered one yet because my phone was very expensive mm. and i don't wear my apple watch every day and i've got a series three that i'm pretty happy that's, with i'll upgrade probably closer to the end of the year uh but i think it's obviously a huge improvement and and maybe like the single biggest jump we've seen in the watch yet so i'm gonna make a not too bold prediction here which is that i think apple's gonna sell a lot of series three watches this holiday season because the series because remember they were selling the series one as their kind of cut rate watch before and now it's the series three and that is a really great watch and it's cheap now compared to what it was it starts at 279 dollars for the small one and 309 for the 42 millimeter right 42 millimeter that's a great deal good good price on i basically um you know it's last year's tech i know but essentially it's 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 really good a good modern (laughs) it's going to work well with watch os 5 it's got lots of good features on it it's not like because the series one was like right but the series three it's good i think that i think that that price is going to get a lot of people into the apple watch who aren't currently using an apple watch yeah and they left the ability to get lte on the series three too i mean you pay extra for it but but that's neat that they didn't just say if you want lte you've got to buy a series four and spend a lot more money i think it's a hundred dollars more than the 279 price but it's it's still an option there yeah and i think for people in countries where lte watches are not an option this will be even more attractive because some of us are permanently optimistic that we will be getting lte soon i (laughs) somehow doubt it's going to happen in austria anytime soon which is why i went for the series four but you know if you think that it's coming and this is your first apple watch then why would you spend all the money to then turn around and try and sell it again in perhaps six months if you do get cellular you know it's uh for the people who are being permanently optimistic it's definitely a great option to have yeah, you were one of those people living in Austria where that slide comes up about what countries it's going to be available in and you just kind of get steamed, don't you? You're like, it's never I my just, country. I just kind of didn't even look at that slide. I was like... <laughs> Avert your eyes. Avert your eyes. But hey, we do get it on day one. So that, that is at good. least there's that. There is, there is that. That's true. Just no, uh, just no uh, cellular. Well, the uh, uh, there's more. There's more. I promise billionaires. I've got the story you might have missed. I've got a fuzzy puppy update at the end. There's so much more to talk about. But let me take a break to tell you about our second sponsor. It's Text Expander from our friends over at Smile. We were talking about automating things and making your life easier with Siri shortcuts. Here's something that'll make your life easier. Text Expander multiplies your team's productivity by making up-to-date 
shared knowledge available instantly. It's so smart. Uh, using Text Expander, all your team's common responses, shared responses, are accessible and searchable through simple abbreviations and keyboard shortcuts. They can be written and edited by your best writers, but available to everybody in your team to send out to customers or to communicate with each other. It's on multiple platforms, Mac OS, iOS, Windows, and the web. When you make a change to one, like you had a policy change or a communication point that you want to have be a little bit different, it's automatically updated everywhere immediately. And if you're on a team, Text Expander will just change how you work, leaving more time for you to do what you do best instead of writing that same email for the 50th time. If you've got a large team, they support single sign-on, so you can group accounts, make onboarding a breeze. There's so much you can do for big teams. You can use Text Expander to master to-do lists, to post to social media, to help with your time tracking. There's so much it can do. Check out the Text Expander blog for these tips and much more. I've been using Text Expander for a very long time. Um, you know, one way we use it here at Relay is to make sure that our names of our episodes and our file names are not uh, wrong is the technical term there wrong when i'm doing a subnet episode i've gotten the advice of stephen hackett like here's the text expander format you should use so that the date is consistent between episode and episode thank you stephen visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expander thank you to text expander and smile for their support of this show and all of relay fm now before we move on to topic number three i want to tell you about the story you might have missed something that may have flown under your radar but at least is worth mentioning on this show uh, and this week i want to stop and wish all you scooter riding people a happy bird day Ugh. Popular scooter services Bird and Lime are both just about a year old. Lime recently hit 11.5 million rides and has raised $467 million in funding, including funding by Uber. Bird boasts 10 million rides with a $2 billion evaluation. Uh, both companies are in more than 100 markets each, offering low-cost transportation to those in cities where getting around can be expensive. Bird CEO Travis Vanderzanden said companies like his are ride-sharing 2.0, standing on the, soldier, the shoulders of companies like uber and lyft of course not everybody's on board many cities have cracked down on the services and are pushing them for more detailed safety plans local governments and the companies are often working together to share anonymous ride data for cities to use in planning and managing mass transit options uh some other news i i think there was a story this week about people who uh who did, did committed a robbery and then fled on bird scooters where bird <laughs> is uh apparently cooperating with local authorities to give them some details about those rides and i just read this today um the governor of california just signed into law a uh loosening of a helmet restriction so that if you are riding one of these scooters you don't have legally you do not have to wear a helmet which seems like a bad idea to me but there it is it's these are super dangerous and you should protect your head anyway as things continue to get sorted out stay safe out there everybody and watch for scooters they're everywhere uh, moving on topic number three um Elon Musk. Hey, there's a lot to talk about about Elon Musk this week. Uh, because Stephen and I host a space podcast, we're going to start with SpaceX. Why not? This week, SpaceX announced the world's first paying customer to fly around the moon. A Japanese billionaire named Yusaku Maezawa is paying an undisclosed amount, I think it's a lot, for a trip, which will take him and some artists, up to eight, I guess, I don't know how big this rocket is, uh, to go... Uh, 
around uh, on the BFR rocket and BFS spacecraft around the moon and then back to Earth. They're not going to land. They're just going to go around. Um, and he wants artists to come so that they can capture the trip. If you remember from Contact, as Jodie Foster said, they should have sent a poet. Perhaps a poet uh, will be on the mission. Um, I'm not sure if podcasting counts as art, though, Stephen. So I'm not sure whether you and I can apply to podcast from, from the BFS. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We can, we can see. You know, We can throw our names in the ring. It's our art. It's our art. Anyway, very few con- That's all I got, man. contracts, very few concrete details were shared during the press event. It could take place as early as 2023. It's SpaceX. It'll be later than that. Uh, they're very much under development, um, and the trip only funds part of that work. Anybody uh, have thoughts about uh, billionaires uh, flying around the moon? Because that's a thing that's apparently going to happen in the next decade. I- I'm just thinking about the people that uh, deny the moon landing and say it was fake. They're going to have new material to work with uh, in 2023 or later. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moon truth or later. and the flat earth, the flat earthers are going to be mad. Every, anytime you mention the moon, the flat earthers are very angry. <laughs> yes. I mean, there, there's a lot worse things they could be doing with their money to be fair. So yeah, like, I don't know, like building devices to create more global warming. That would be worse. Uh, that said, I'm not sure how much this will contribute to global warming in general. So <laughs> that's possibly uh, a point. But, uh, there there is this argument that um, things like the Earthrise picture that was taken by the Apollo astronauts of the, the Earth rising above the horizon of the moon, that, that space stuff can give humans a perspective about our planet and how fragile it is. There is an argument mm. to be made there. Um, it's not just about proving, once again, to the flat earthers that, the, that, <laughs> that these are all uh, little uh, little balls circling around the sun. But um, I like the artist idea. I quite Honestly, that captured my imagination more than anything else, that this, this, uh, this billionaire isn't just buying a ride for himself, but he wants to have this uh, hashtag Dear Moon project where he um, where he's bringing people who are going to, you know, kind of interpret and comment on it using art. I think that's an interesting idea that makes the the content of the mission more than just, hey, a rich guy got in a spaceship today, because that seems less interesting to me. I do mm-hmm. wish that he would save, like, one seat for, like, a really talented kid in the sciences who, you know, is, like, getting ready to go Ooh. to university and learn this stuff, because that would fire masses of imagination. Just think if there was a competition to win a seat on that how far people would go to win that 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 would inspire a lot of things too Stephen and i talk about this on liftoff a lot that one of the ways that i think that modern space i mean it's not the 60s and 70s anymore modern audiences engaging with space is important space travel is generally funded by the public it's not always funded by billionaires and uh you know we live in a social media and reality tv kind of world and the idea that you would have like you said a competition for somebody to earn a slot as the you know the the college student on the spaceship or whatever and the details of what they do on the mission in terms of like sending updates and all of that like i think that's how you get people engaged with human spaceflight is by mm-hmm. sharing more than you know we can look at the transcripts of the apollo missions and see what they were saying up there but it was not other than those little brief tv moments it was not something that was sort of uh, open to the public and I, I i have a hard time imagining 21st century spaceflight being like that i think i think all of it is going to have to be more open and engaging and personal and uh that'll be interesting to see how live streaming the trip around the moon yeah right um okay uh we should also mention tesla 
Tesla's being investigated by the SEC and the DOJ after Elon Musk's series of tweets last month about taking the company private, which didn't work out. He said he had secured funding. Um, Tesla stock rallied on the news and has fallen since, which means that there's potentially stock manipulation going on. Um, it could carry criminal charges. The SEC could also find Elon Musk. It could find Tesla. It could find both. Um, he also is being sued for def- defamation by the rescue diver that he called a pedophile on Twitter and be- I believe actually said, let him sue me. Uh, well, he's suing him. So there we go. Uh, this all was after Musk what, took like a submarine over there to try and save the pe- the kids in the cave and they didn't use it and they did save the kids in the cave anyway. Um, anybody have any feelings about Elon Musk? He seems to be a, a bit of an oversharer and maybe he, I feel like the general yeah. rule with Elon Musk is stop talking. Just stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the SpaceX poetry is uh, a lot more romantic and, and good PR for Elon Musk. You know, um, the the Tesla situation is like, you know, a, a few months ago, you know, it was easy to compare him to like, you know, Steve Jobs, the next Steve Jobs. And now it's like, you know, you just kind of cringe when you think about his public behavior. And it's just like, thank God Steve Jobs didn't have Twitter and all those emails mm-hmm. that come out in court cases weren't tweets instead um the, the the legal stuff feels like it could like go away but the or at least be like a you know a, a small amount of money exchanged um as, as a fine but um the reputation is what's gonna you know stick for a while is that like people's hero became kind of normal to everybody it's like you never meet your heroes and just oversharing and um yeah just just ship cool cars and send people to the moon and and, and we'll admire you a lot more than um when, when you tweet like you're the president I mean, like five, ten years ago, this wouldn't have happened. Like he would have had a personal assistant and everything would have gone through him or her, um, you know, and the personal assistant would have looked at, you know, something like a press release and gone, I'll just drop that by the legal department to make sure that there are no issues with with this before something like that happened. So I think, you know, social media, you know, the way people use social media, to be precise, is partially a fault here because. Yeah. People, everybody overshares on social media, you know, like I posted a picture of our new robot vacuum on there. It's called Pirate Kitty for anybody who wants to know. <laughs> yes, I stole the name from TechCrunch. Um, but, um, you know, like everybody does this. And it's one of those things like if you're a nobody, then it's it's not so important. But when you are a billionaire, multi-billionaire, whatever, and you represent a company, I think you have to keep that in mind. Like the, the tweet that Tim Cook tweeted just before the presentation, I was like, did like does somebody mess up here like that that this is apple they don't mess up and then of course the the opening video made it clear what the tweet was about um but you know the things like that that's very tightly controlled i'm sure there's a pr team related to that as well it's just in some ways it's a shame i don't think tim cook has a phone with twitter on it Right, I think he. I think Probably he used not. to until he had that really blurry picture of, of a football game that everyone made fun of until he deleted it, and then Aww. he started having like better formatting and tweets and someone else. I think there is a handler for Tim Cook with a phone, and they, you know, they plan his tweets and and you know he takes maybe he takes some pictures and sends some texts to that person, and then they put it together. But I'm pretty sure there's a process there. Yeah, but it makes sense for certain people to have a process there because you know everybody is judging you and your companies. All of them, public or private, based on the things that 
you do you know so yeah in, in that respect like i i really do wish that like you said zach just stop talking <laughs> yeah I, I read recently that uh the the acting comedian jim carrey has i think w- one to three people that that handle his tweets for him that he dictates them first and he, he tweets a lot of his art um, but he never has his finger on the button to protect himself you know basically it was it was in a profile promoting his, his new kidding show uh and it, and it just made me think like that is what everyone in in a high profile position should do is is have at least one other person okay a tweet you know if if, if you're you're prone to damage yourself like that well, the question is though where do people become high profile you're the editor of nine to five mac is that not high profile yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think I, I think once you're a billionaire or maybe a, a world leader that you should have a layer there between you and and the world maybe a layer but especially if you're a world leader somebody somebody else would especially. argue no 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 unfiltered is the way to go but i think uh yeah it, it always it always uh helps to have a second set of eyes my frustration check your spelling for the president yeah it, sure oh, uh, my my frustration with elon musk is that it, it's not as if he hasn't accomplished a bunch of amazing things mm-hmm. and that it, that gets lost in this like he doesn't need to oversell himself. What he's accomplished has been pretty impressive. What he's working on is impressive, and yet he can't help himself. He just can't. He always overpromises everything. I don't know. It's just obviously it's just a part of his personality. Um, interesting guy. Interesting guy. Uh, we have more. There's still more, but I have to take one more break for one more sponsor. And this is a great one. It is Obscura Two the iPhone camera app for photography enthusiasts. It's such a great app. Obscura 2 is designed to make it fast and easy to capture stunning images. It has everything you need to do just that. Options to use manual focus, exposure, white balance, and more. And there are a great use of Taptic Engine in all the latest iPhones. It almost feels like you're using a real DSLR. You're feeling the controls move. Whether you're shooting in portrait or landscape, all the buttons you need are found in the control wheel designed to fit exactly where your hand will be. It's super ergonomic. Everything's accessible with one thumb. It's got a uh, selection of custom-made beautiful filters to add style to your images. Captures raw, captures live photos, captures depth data, Caps will capture JPEG or the heath format it lets you look in all the image metadata if you need to look at metadata Uh, there's a powerful library feature that lets you edit share favorite and hide and delete photos right inside obscura 2 and uh, so you need to check it out if you are an ios photographer we were talking about iphone cameras it's super important and you need to check this app out and if you hurry you can actually get it for free so grab your iphone open the apple store app what the one you used maybe to pre-order an iPhone, scroll right to the bottom and you'll see an Obscura 2 banner right there. Uh, promotion only available in some locations. You could also go to the App Store and search for it there. And if you want to support Ben, who is a very nice fellow and the developer behind Obscura, check out the filter packs too, which are available via in-app purchase. They are some wonderful options in there and it's a great way to throw a few bucks to the Obscura team for the great work they do. Thank you to Obscura for helping us take awesome photos from our phones and for their support of Relay FM. All right. A little bit more before we go. Topic number four is Amazon. I mentioned Jeff Bezos earlier. There's so much Amazon stuff out there. I want to start with the Amazon Go stores. If you've heard about these, these are these like 
wacky 7-Eleven kind of stores that Amazon set up in Seattle. They don't have clerks. They have sensors everywhere that they, de- they detect what you take off the shelves and then what you walk out with, and then they automatically charge you. Uh, they first set up one of these in 2016. They've announced three more locations in Seattle and Chicago. Bloomberg this week reported that Amazon might open as many as 3,000 of these stores. Pretty sure not all on the same day. Uh, and they might be tweaking the format to be a, more formatted as like a self-serve food-to-go shops, like if uh, I was in London this summer, like Pret, right? Like you go in there, you get a sandwich that's been pre-made, you take it away. Are we ready for Amazon to, um, I was going to say ruin, we could say disrupt if we want a whole other sector of the economy that they haven't yet disrupted. Uh, is there appeal in a self-serve store like this with pastries and t- uh, takeaway sandwiches and things like that? I don't know if there's going to be a robo-barista. That's unclear to me here. Uh, Rose, what do you think? Uh, Amazon self-serve stores, is this something that's interesting? Well, I am from Europe where we have had um, so a do-it-yourself uh, checkouts for literally years. And at one point during university, I had a brief stint as a self-checkout supervisor, which it means oh. you're the person that comes over and you approve alcohol purchases and so on. It's always fun when you have 14-year-old girls telling you, this is self-checkout. I don't need to prove that I'm 18. Yes, you do. Hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, that for me, that's not really a novelty. And in some stores, like I guess you guys probably know Little and Aldi, the cashiers, especially here in Europe, they go fast. And so for me, it doesn't necessarily speed things up. That said, my experience in the US where you go to the checkout and the cashier says, so how are you today? Did you find everything that you were looking for? Oh, this cucumber looks tasty. Oh my gosh, Like I don't want a conversation with my groceries. I just want to pay and go. And why are you packing my stuff in my bag and doing it wrong? Americans um, are the worst. <laughs> am I right? Uh, so, I mean, like in general, you guys are lovely, but seriously, I don't need a conversation when I'm purchasing stuff. It's just a case of get the stuff in the trolley and let me get go home. Like, I, I don't want to do this. So I think from that perspective, yes, that's a really good thing. And uh, I don't know about the whole employing less people thing. That seems to be something that Amazon are working on. And, you know, people need employment. However, there will, of course, be jobs created in the tech sector with the whole tracking that people really did purchase the stuff that they purchased. Um, so that that's a good thing. And uh, I think especially to go is good but if they don't have enough people in the stores what happens if a bunch of kids you know have access because they've got i don't know they borrowed their parents phones and they scanned to get in and then they just go in and mess stuff up you know that's they're still going to need security and stuff like that so from that perspective it'll be interesting to see where they go yeah, I, I could see myself getting back from the moon on SpaceX and taking like a Lime <laughs> scooter to the Amazon store and, and checking myself out. Um, I, I just went grocery shopping last night and I, I was listening to a podcast, had on my AirPods, and I used self-checkout just so I didn't have to interrupt my podcast and like make small talk, like you said. Um, so it, it, maybe Amazon's like implementation will be kind of weird and, and have some oddities about it. But the whole idea of like, you know, that being a thing I'm okay with. And, and in terms of jobs, like the cashier job, I, I've seen services where you can use an iPhone app to order your groceries and someone goes and shops for you and brings them to you. So like th- that could be the new cashier job is the person that kind of shops at the self-checkout store for you and then delis- delivers them to your home. So the whole economy shifts, but uh, I think it can balance out. Zach, uh, did you find everything you were looking for? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. I've turned into one of those terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, they're doing what they've been told to do by corporate. And it's that's true. part of the problem. You know, it's... like corporate, you must interact with the customer. You must provide them with a positive yeah. engagement experience and comment on their purchases. I guess in the self-checkout scenario, what the Amazon store is offering is you the ability to not deal with any 
uh, any waiting for a kiosk or anything like that. You literally mm-hmm. just walk out. But you do have to log in when you walk into the store. So there might actually be a, a line walking in because you have to like have your app ready to verify because they need to connect you and face detect you and all of that too. But it might be more convenient. I don't know. It seems a little weird. I feel weird at the Apple store where I just walk mm-hmm. out with something and I've paid for it, but like it's still weird that I'm just wandering out with a with a, a box and yeah. like is this okay can i can i go but uh I, I don't know interesting at the very least you don't have to deal with unexpected item in the bagging area which drives everybody insane that is guaranteed so all right there's more amazon news today and this is this is breaking this happened as we were finishing the show being recorded and so we're, here it is big news amazon did a uh surprise press event in seattle isn't that great where they invite the press to Seattle and tell them they can't admit that they're going to Seattle for a reason? That's so weird. I, I love that. Uh, I, I, by which I mean, I don't love that. Yeah, I, think that's, I was going to say. I think that's super strange. Um, but they announced a whole bunch of products, um, including so the, that CNBC story saying they were going to launch at least eight products, including a microwave. Totally right. Totally right. Mm-hmm. So, Nailed it. Uh, we'll get to the microwave. Th- th- there's a new Echo Dot that is smaller, covered in fabric to match the Echo Plus. They say it's 70% louder. This, they say it's an incredibly popular speaker. I think the most popular speaker uh, retains Bluetooth and a line-out jack, um, and it runs $50. There is a new Amazon Echo Input so for people who are like, I don't need the Echo Dot because I don't. I just want to attach this to some other device, like a set of speakers that I own. So it's cheaper. It's thirty five dollars. It's smaller. It's like a little pancake of an Echo Dot. No speaker at all. It's just you attach it to your dumb speakers, and now they're smart, and it will put the audio it needs to out from those speakers. Um, and uh, so that's that's there. There's the Echo Plus, which already was introduced last year right above the amazon echo but it's been right. updated to look a little more like the rest of these kind of rounded soft echoes and not like the big metal cylinder tube that we originally knew as the echo um mm-hmm. and so then there's the echo sub and this is they're basically going to make a a, a 2.1 sound system where you can get a couple of echoes and a and an echo sub and it's not a sandwich steven don't put it in the microwave Oh, I thought it was uh, like an underwater vessel. $130 Echo Submarine Sandwich that goes underwater. Um, That's it. <laughs> it's, so you get some more bass along with a, a stereo pair, which for the first time you're going to be able to do a stereo pair of uh, Amazon uh, Echo speakers. And then they're also, uh, and this is a very Sonos kind of move, they've got the Link and the Link Amp, and these are designed to uh, give control to an existing stereo system. So there are no, no microphones, they're just basically there to attach. I assume this is very much like um, Sonos has two products that do this, where one of them is, it's an amp, so you can attach speaker wire to them and run some powered speakers, and the other one just attaches as an aux in to an existing receiver somewhere but basically you're uh finding other ways to get amazon's uh ecosystem or ecosystem on oh, uh your that, that, that's, it was just right there that's not even a, a pun anymore uh anyway on other devices in your house so uh yeah so that that's that's a pretty substantial but not unexpected broadening a, of that category yeah it's a lot of sound stuff and i think they are doing like what we've seen sonos and other people do of like let's get this as many places as possible like i think the echo dot 
being really popular is proof that that works, right? Like tons of people have those things. They're super cheap. You can often get them way less than the 50 bucks they normally are. Yeah, if you're prime, especially but, they put them on sale. Yeah. Oh yeah. They just throw them in the box sometimes, you know, but they, uh, they sound like garbage. Like I've got a couple and they sound terrible and I'm excited to see this one's louder. I hope that also means that it sounds better because it's, it's like the gateway into this. So you can spend anywhere from 50 bucks for that $35 for the pancake echo dot yeah. thing. The it's, input. It's, that's the one that you just attach to your iPod hi-fi and walk away. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, or you can spend 300 Like There's this huge range now, and clearly what they want is you to have the Amazon voice assistant and the ecosystem, ecosystem, hmm. all around you. And so if you're in your living room with your nice home stereo or you're just in like you know, the spare bedroom where you throw an Echo Dot that it's available to you everywhere. I think they're making a really compelling case that they can do that. Yeah, and last year, they I think it was last year, they introduced the um, whole home audio idea that you could say, play this in this other room on this other Echo device, and it would do that. So that's joining, you know, now you've got more places where you can have that. And then they what they want you to do is sign up for a music service, ideally Amazon's music service, although I think they support Spotify too. Um, they do. The idea that you you can, uh, you know, you're using it to channel that music into various places and play this over here. And they, they do a good job there. Their, uh, Apple just introduced Lyric Search in the HomePod, but like Amazon had that a while ago. And it is a pretty great thing to say, play that song that goes and you just list some lyrics and it figures out what song and it starts playing it. Like there's a good, pretty good music experience in the Echo uh, ecosystem already. So I, I see why they would want to lean into that. And then, of course, they just they want more devices listening in more places, too, I think. Mm hmm. All right, um, we can get a little weirder, a little, little beyond the, the pale. So there was a rumor yesterday about Amazon doing a smart plug. They, they uh, pre-released some things on the UK pages of Amazon um, by mistake. And the, the question was going to be like, what does Amazon have to offer in doing its own smart plug? Because this is basically one of those things you plug into an outlet and then plug something into it, and then suddenly the internet can turn your coffee maker your lamp or whatever on and off and the answer seems to be that they are building this new uh easy setup system that's built into this and is built into the new echoes and that they say is also going to be built in there's there's a new wi-fi system and a new easy setup system um and like aero and some other companies are going to be partners on the wi-fi side and it has there's two things going on here one is the idea that even when your internet is out your local network um is still running you you don't lose the ability to turn things on and off, which I think is admirable and is a place where so many existing home implementations fall down. And then there's this easy setup idea that you plug it in and your Echo basically is like, hey, you plugged in a smart switch. What should we call it? You know, and and auto configures it for you, which is also really smart. Yeah, we have several of the iHome brand smart switches and uh, or the plugs, and I use them because they both work with HomeKit and the Echo. Yeah. But the problem is, and they've gotten better, but over the summer, they had several like extended outages of their service, which means I couldn't turn the bedside lamp on. Ugh. Like It's like, you know, and they all have, to their credit, they have a, a, a toggle on the side of the switch. You can like reach behind the table and, and turn it on. But something that works offline, or at least when your internet connection is down and your home network is up, that should be how these things work. So yeah. I'm glad that 
Amazon's pushing into that. And the idea that you plug it in and your smart assistant detects that it's been plugged in, that's so great, right? Like, they, obviously, there's a wireless beacon or something that's happening there where they are talking to each other via a different radio connection, and then it's be, being able to say, let, let me give you access to this network, and then they get on the network. But that's so much better than having to get out an app and try to, you know, connect and connect to its fake Wi-Fi network sometimes and other stuff like that. Um, my smart switches are the only smart devices in my house that um, that when there's a uh, when I have a network problem and I have to reboot my router, I have to I have to unplug them and replug them because they don't get back on the network after that, which is really infuriating too. So there's room there, and twenty five dollars is a good price for a smart switch that's not inflated at all. Um. Okay, what else? The microwave. Let's talk about it. <laughs> we got to talk so, about it. Amazon Basics branded sixty dollars because microwaves apparently cost sixty dollars now. I didn't even know that. Um, uh, when was the last time I bought a microwave? It was like five years ago. Um, controllable That's my problem with this via the we'll Echo, of course. So you can say, "Hey, lady, microwave me, microwave my soup or whatever." Of course, presumably you'd. I mean, I guess you could put something in the microwave and close the door and walk away and then have it cook later or something like that. But like you're right there and the microwave has buttons. So you could, I don't, I don't know. It's that, that it's weird, but there is one. Like, I guess if you're Amazon, you're going to make a microwave. Why wouldn't you make it controllable via the Echo? I don't know this. I mean, I'm glad that it's not just voice because like, I think the microwave in my house was uh, installed in probably the 90s yeah. like it's been here a long 20th time century. yeah <laughs> you know yeah well 60 dollars, you can get a new one i'm sure it'll be great and a, a clock that was the other thing that was wacky there's a wall clock a 30 dollar wall clock with hands you know the whole thing it's not like a digital clock right it's like a clock but it's I kind got, of love it. <laughs> but it's got um, there's some clever things about it. So it's got LED lights that let you visualize timers. So you can like see that the timer's got five minutes left. Those little lights will light up. It'll it'll auto adjust itself to um, time changes, daylight savings, and on and off. Um, yeah, and so it it it's like a weirdly echo enabled wall clock. I kind of I, I like things that sort of meld like digital and analog. Like, yeah, I like that it just looks like a wall clock, but then if you have a timer, part of it lights up. Like, I'm kind of interested in this. And the hardware announcements keep on coming. There is a new Echo Auto for the car. There's a new Fire TV called Recast, which is basically sounds like a a TiVo. It's a set top box for live TV with. Uh, antenna. I'm kind of unclear on all the details there, but it's basically a TiVo. There are new versions of the Echo Show, which have a much larger screen and a built-in hub. I hope the the software is also better because that's my problem with my Echo Show is that the software is really kind of dumb. If you say, hey, lady in the canister, read me a bedtime story, um, the lady should actually understand that you're whispering and not speak it full. I will play. I let me tell you a story, right? It's not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's going to actually be like, Oh, I get it. We're going to whisper now, which is that's super smart. It's great. We have a, an echo in our bedroom and sometimes like early in the morning or late at night, you know, we'll ask it for the weather or the news or something, just kind of no- normal echo stuff. And I've gotten in the habit of making sure the volume is turned down before I do that. So it doesn't, wake anybody else up or you know is disruptive in those times of day so this seems like it's going to override that i could just whisper to it if that's appropriate and it will whisper back i hope this voice isn't creepy uh i didn't get to hear any clips from the press event but uh it's a good it's a good addition all right so lots more lots more 
Amazon stuff, including a microwave. Can't wait for the the, the tweet of the day, by the way, is probably Neelay Patel who tweeted, oh, God, I'm going to buy a smart microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2018. All right, let's move on. We're almost done. Uh, after all that Amazon business, it's time for the uh, Fuzzy Puppy update, and then we'll say goodbye. This may be my favorite Fuzzy Puppy update yet. And I want to remind everybody yet again, just because it's called the Fuzzy Puppy Update doesn't mean that it's going to be about puppies every time. Any animal that's adorable can supply a fuzzy puppy moment. Or tacos, we decided. Tacos mm, are also Yeah, s- that's true. Uh, oh, I've got a... I, Stephen, I don't want to forward promote it, but we're very close to October now. Yes. And I'm thinking that the fuzzy puppy update may be replaced by taco tober i think uh, i think that's a winning idea where we have taco related coverage at the end of the I'm show for, it. for the month of october well i'm workshopping and i'm thinking i'm thinking about it anyway fuzzy puppy update this week is from the saint lawrence river in canada where a narwhal has been hanging out with a group of belugas for a few years now if you don't know what a narwhal is it's a small arctic whale with a giant horn looks like a unicorn whale it's actually a tooth um but it it sticks straight out um and one of them says goodbye to buddy the elf when he leaves the north pole at the beginning of elf if you haven't seen elf what is wrong with you see elf it's great anyway belugas are small white whales commonly found much further south including in the saint lawrence river there's drone footage it's amazing that clearly shows this gray beluga or yeah the no the gray narwhal with the white belugas and they're all swimming they're about the same size they're just swimming along they're hanging out the researchers say the belugas have integrated the narwhal into all their games and interactions the interactions between the two species are identical to the interactions that are just among the belugas so basically these belugas have adopted a narwhal he's a thousand miles from where he should be but he's been completely brought into this community of like-minded whales and is loving it watch the drone footage it's incredible there's a Apparently, even an Inuit legend, according to the CBC story I read, that'll be in the show notes, about a narwhal living among belugas. So this probably is something that happens from time to time and has for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, Anyway, whales are cool is what I'm saying. Whales are really cool. And uh, thumbs up to the beluga for adopting a narwhal. Um, narwhals are also awesome and that's it we have reached the end of download for this week rosemary orchard where can people find the stuff that you do at rosemaryorchard.com and the handle rosemary orchard on microblog and twitter excellent excellent and the automators podcast here on relay fm of course of course uh zach hall where can people find the stuff you do uh i'm on twitter and instagram at apollo zach that's a-p-o-l-l-o-z-a-c and i write at nine to five mac where we're writing a lot about uh ipad rumors and mac rumors before the the probable event uh, in october and uh, i also host a daily podcast on uh called nine to five mac daily and a weekly podcast called nine to five mac happy hour check that out so search your podcast app of choice for nine to five mac and you will find zach's podcast right there Indeed. and Stephen hackett thank you as always for uh, helping me put the show together uh your participation in all of this apple business is always appreciated i'm glad i could fit it in before my trip to the moon did you find everything that you were looking for today it's all good <laughs> okay all right did you get did you get did you see our special on lettuce we had a special on anyway mm. that's it <laughs> we're done with download for this week uh we'll be back next week and until then we will keep watching the headlines so you don't have to goodbye everybody 